0: First thing I do when I get a shitty job, I'm like, okay, how can I fuck around?
1: (laughs) Okay, speak. Speaking of jobs. uh, So I've I've been around your downtown Kent, your your hometown of Kent. So you said today you worked at Gabriel Brothers, now known as Gabe's. You worked at Long John Silver's. No longer uh, Kmart.
0: Uh, Kmart's no longer there. either, Long
1: gone. So where else? Like, what are these random jobs before you started going into full on comedy and then eventually radio?
0: Well, one of my favorites, and I was, I, got, I was getting paid a lot of money, was at Laundry 101. I was the oh,
1: man- this is where you were the manager, weren't you? I, I was the manager because
0: I played pickup basketball <laughs> with Justin Clemens, who owns it. He also owns Bottles 101. And his father, here's a little something, is Barry Clemens, who played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, he is. So I got to know the Clemens family very well. Justin was- No a- related to Roger, though. No related. No relation. I don't think so. Or Clarence, or my ex girlfriend Natalie Clemens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he just took a liking to me. He was a couple years older than me, and he took a liking to a lot of my friends because I used to be in a little a comedy group called the Fat Five. They were my high school friends, and we were just just a, we'd make dumb videos. It was like my first comedy thing. We thought we were like kids in the hall and the Beastie Boys combined. So we were always doing fun things, and they they really liked our group, and he really liked me. And he goes, "Would you want to manage this?" It's a laundromat uh, bar. And I, at the time, I was only like 22. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Wait, a
1: laundromat,
0: like an actual bar? There's a bar inside the laundromat. That was like the cool concept at the time. And it was off the college campus. So all these young people would go in. You know, It's fucking
1: awesome. I, like, yeah. There needs to be more of that. I mean, I, I don't go to a la- I, I used to go to a laundromat because I was too cheap to buy a washer and dryer. But it would have been cool to wait there and actually drink. Instead, of just staring at my phone, listening to podcasts the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, so
0: and he put me on salary, and I was still in college, like taking classes. So I was making a ridiculous salary. I was managing this this bar laundromat, and it was like a laundromat where they had a pool table, video games. So people were hanging out there. I was meeting chicks. I didn't know what I was doing. Like you know, I had to do, I had to like like sign like when a beer distributor came, I had to give him a check, and I had to do all this responsible shit. But I was really bad at it. But he liked me, and like I'd like hook up with the employees, like. I go back there. I have sex with girls inside that laundry. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it was crazy. And eventually my friends would come in. And I'd give him free beer and he, he caught on that. I was giving out free shit and he fired me.
1: How we're long still, did that last?
0: We're still friends. I was two two years.
1: Oh, really? Wow. So it wasn't like a couple of months and then it's like, oh, well, he's not made out for this and he's given free beer and stuff. No, that's that's a that's a great gig in college. Jesus. Oh,
0: it was fantastic. And I was already like you know, I knew everybody, so they all come to see me, and I was already, you know, it was fun. It was a great period in my life. But Laundry One Hundred and One in the Acme Fresh Plaza. If you ever want to do a little, you know, if you ever go to Kent, you want to do a, a little sightseeing, a little tour of Chad Zumax's jobs. There you go. I well, they're out-
1: they're basically all gone now. Like the Long John Silver's now is isn't that didn't you say that's a uh, Sheets gas station? Yes, where Sheets that- is. That's a sheets. And yeah, Kmart's long gone. I think that's probably a fucking Meyer or something. The
0: Kmart's where I worked was where Ga- Gabe's is and Gabe's was across the street.
1: OK, so, so they just they, moved into the facility that
0: they flip flopped. And then I worked at that movie theater like you're going towards Ravenna. Mm-hmm. You know that like that drive in the drive in. Yeah. Yeah, I worked there with my buddy Joe Contrusi. We were security. <laughs> essentially we'd walk around and we got to make sure nobody were you know they were fucking in the car and you know you know whatever the case is we had to report it and
1: the concept that- of the drive-in is so silly because you just have all your friends hide in the trunk and you yeah. bring like 18 of them and it's like you're smuggling Mexicans across the border and it's like how many uh just one ticket oh so you're you're really just going to watch the movie by yourself oh well of course and you just buy one $5 ticket to go see the Pirates of the Caribbean, and then all your friends pile out. It's yeah. uh, yeah, the drive ins.
0: And uh, this is what we used to do because I can't just get a job, I gotta have there has to be something else going on. I gotta like figure out how to fuck around. It's like when I worked at Gabriel Brothers, you know what I do? My, my buddy John Gracie and I worked in the department, the shoe department. So, what we do on Sunday shifts is we would cover each other, like we go play pickup basketball. I, I go, Hey, cover me. Cause I'm going to go play some ball. And I go to like to the courts and, you know, if someone called like, uh, for, you know, the shoe department, John would go and they're like, Hey, we're shed. Oh, he's on break. Or he's in the bathroom or wherever the case. And then John would go leave for a couple hours. And we'd stay on the clock and get paid.
1: So I was gonna- yeah, they're just great. There, there were great jobs, but like you, you fell in love with comedy so much that you just, you're like, yeah, I don't need these menial jobs anymore. I could just, I could just do this comedy thing. Cause you think about it. When you started by that point you had basically been leading up to a comedy career anyways by working at gabriel brothers by working at the drive-in because you were doing something that was more than just the job at hand you were trying to do something more uh in the world of creating some kind of content is what essentially what you were doing
0: well even at laundry 101 i got hired because i was i was coming up with all these funny slogans for laundry 101 and we make posters and i was making all these great art like I was coming up with these funny sayings and Justin loved it because he was Mark. He was like really into marketing. Um, so that's why I got hired. But I worked at uh, the Robin Hood, which is no longer there. You remember the Robin, oh, Hood? Yes, the Robin Hood? Wait, is that the
1: is that the infamous open mic night? Yes, that's where I did my first
0: stand up night. And I was also but I worked the door, too, before I did stand up comedy there. Laundry 101. There it is.
1: But there isn't a good slogan, though. So wash, fold. So it's still around. Yeah, it's, it's in that plaza, the Acme Plaza. There, so so, there's legitimate. This is awesome, man. I, I I just gotta go there and start drinking, or maybe just take my laundry there. So there's a a legitimate bar.
0: Yeah, I stopped in there when I was home when we did that show in Westlake. I stopped in there just because you know reminisce. I still have yeah. one of my old signs that, that that I made. It's still in there.
1: So so you have here on this this photo that I'm showing here. You can look it up. Laundry one on one, Kent.
0: That, co- that 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 counter right there on the left. I had sex on it with a girl. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Did you put a little bleach on there just to get rid of the evidence yeah. there?
0: No, because I, I, I had I had moved home and uh she, you know I, I ended up taking her home from a bar and I was Why does I it
1: smell I? like cum around here. No, that's just what bleach smells like. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I, I couldn't take her home because I was living with my parents. So and she she was living with her parents. So I was like, I know where we can go, let's go laundry 101. And I, I had the keys, I knew the code, the security code. There was no
1: cameras, so it was perfect. Were you were you the guy who liked doing that? public places you know yeah cuz I, I think we talked about uh, the one time uh, you were at uh, cattle Cadill- it was a Cadillac ranch wasn't there a girl who was like a 10 that you hooked up with there in the bathroom or something
0: oh that was the infamous Dennis Rodman story
1: was that the Dennis Rodman story i yeah. I, I don't re- i don't remember i just remember that Cadillac ranch which is long 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 gone in cleveland but it was one of those places that had two separate bars and dance clubs and uh yeah that was it was a great place to get laid too there, there's one funny story where I got
0: I, I, I wasn't like a, I had sex with a girl in the back of my car and my license was suspended and it was in a park and the cops came and like the windows were all fogged up. We were butt ass naked. And this cop, thank God, he was cool as fuck. I, I You know, we get we throw on our clothes. We got out. We're like, freaking yeah. out. And he goes, what are you guys doing? I was like, oh, we're just hanging out. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We ran your plates. Uh, is this your car? I'm like, yeah. He goes, your license is suspended. I'm like, oh, fuck. And and, uh, luckily she, they let her drive the car home. He was cool. He could have gave us a ticket for all that shit.
1: Well, that's, uh, you know, when you do it in public spaces, it's, it's always, it's always fun, but there's always like that sense of adventure, but I I can't do it now. Like I'm thinking if I, if I were single right now in my mid thirties and just going to a bar, like I, first of all, I would think I would last about three pumps and I'd also be concerned if somebody's just going to walk in and like, oh, shit, I don't want walking in on me. And so it would just be like, just like, wait, you're finished already. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, meeting girls at bars and everything. And uh, I, I, I remember I what, what, what
0: was it? <laughs> I don't mean to uh, cut you off, but I was going to tell you a story about the boss of Vita. You remember you ever hear the, the legendary boss of Vita on 117th?
1: Oh, is that where the the, that's where you guys really started the comedy scene, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just talked about it with uh, Florentine this weekend. It's it's, I haven't talked about it for years, but it was this shitty bar on 117th in Lakewood, Ohio. And Jason Lawhead, who who used to open for Bill Burr, Mike Farrell, who's a local Cleveland comedian, sometimes he they uh, they ran it. And it was a fucking hot room every Wednesday night. It was packed and everybody's trying to get on the show and what they would do is they would take the comedian from hilarities or the improv, depending on who it was, to bring them down as a special guest. So every Wednesday, you could be watching Steve Byrne. I brought God- Godfrey one week. This was like 2006, six, seven, And um, it was just a hot room. I mean, Bill Burr performed in this basement. We, we brought Bill Burr down once. It was just a cool fucking room. Well, anyways, we were, we were getting laid left and right out of this room. If you were on the show, you were getting laid. And there's one comic, I'm not going to name his name because I don't want to throw shit out there. One time I was on stage performing and I looked in the sound booth. He he, he was banging a girl from behind in the sound booth. And I was just like,
1: oh, banging can't. a girl. OK, so that narrows it down a little bit.
0: Yeah, a girl. Yeah, <laughs> but he was like in her from behind. And I'm like, what the fuck? As I was on stage, it was the craziest place ever. But that's yeah.
1: awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the pre me Too days when you could actually do fun stuff.
0: Yeah. And, and back then you could smoke in bars. So you always just left smell like an ashtray. It was disgusting.
1: That's MAGA. That's the MAGA I want smoking in bars and fucking girls from behind.
0: <laughs> Dude, I remember bringing Godfrey there because I was at the Cleveland Improv with him. And this is this is probably like 2006. And we went down there and there's a comedian named Rob O'Reilly. You ever hear of him? No, it was at the who song. No, he's from Teenage Cleveland. Wasteland. Anyways, go ahead. Anyways. I remember how cocky he was like I brought Godfrey and Godfrey at the time was like big for the seven up guy, you know, like seven up. Yours. Oh yeah. Yes. So that was his thing. And this, I remember this Rob O'Reilly goes, uh, uh, yeah, Godfrey, you know, he's going to be the special guest. He goes, <laughs> he's like, I'm the headliner. He go, he goes before me. He doesn't go after me. Godfrey Good. buried this motherfucker. I mean, it was a slow death. I, I can't, He's in the kid was such a pretentious douchebag. He's not even in comedy anymore.
1: It wasn't James Burge. No, no. no. <laughs> he was doing the shows back then. Yeah, that's the that's the thing is that when you when you have some of these people who are cocky enough to go like, no, I'm the headliner. And uh, uh, my dad always my dad told me this one story that uh, WMMS used to have these things called uh, Monday nights out at the Agora. And because they were on 101 FM, you can go see a really good band for a dollar and one cent. So my dad told me he saw so many bands like the cars and everything. Oh, yeah, there's the God, it, it was that. Oh, That was that long ago. Yeah. 20 he, years ago.
0: Yeah, he was a seven up guy. And it was so I remember we were walking around Cleveland. They're like, there's seven up. Make seven up. Yours. It was so weird.
1: Do you remember people wore those T-shirts everywhere? Yeah, it was like crazy. I might have to buy one just because knowing Godfrey. Oh, I, I,
0: I, you know what? I swear to God, I'm going to buy one next time I open for them and I'm going to wear it.
1: You should, (laughs) but but like wear a track jacket over it and everything and just come out on stage with it and just see what he says. That's hilarious. That's funny (laughs) as fuck. Have you... (laughs) It's always one of those things where it's like you see a band or whatever and you're hoping that they're gonna like your shirt. And if nobody even comments on it, it's almost like you'd rather have somebody call you an asshole than not say anything at all. So if if you come out with a make seven up your shirt and Godfrey looks, I I would love to see his reaction to that. I wonder if Godfrey like
0: I have you know, I have that dumb that dumb photo of me talking on the my shoe with the sweater vest on. Yes. And it's like every time a club promotes me, like I'm in Michigan this weekend. Oh. Oh, my God. I swear to God. Look, I swear to God.
1: I Uh-oh. swear
0: to God. Godfrey. This was like I, I sent this to him like, oh, this is great. I got to bring this shit up. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> Godfrey. Yo, what's up? Dude, we were just talking about you. I swear to God. We're talking about that. We ta- dude, look at. We're oh, talking- Jesus Christ. We are talking about the seven up thing. <laughs> Cause I told him when I first met you that you, and I took you to this some small uh, room in Cleveland. You were like big for the Seven Up guy, and you were getting recognized for that. Wow, that's
2: crazy. Yeah, that was that was the first time I met Maj Gibrani. Was he in Seven Up? He was in one of the commercials that they didn't let they didn't release because it had to do with terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like nah that's too politically blah blah
0: blah so you know you were the replacement seven up guy right
2: after Orlando Jones yes I was
0: how'd you end up getting that I swear to God we were just talking about it so it's not like I'm switching what's funny is I was
2: in um I was in Spain I was in Barcelona you know I was doing comedy in Amsterdam and then I took like a train to Spain because I met some people from Spain and Barcelona and they were like, Hey, you should come hang out. Cause they would go to my shows in Amsterdam. They just came every night. And so I was like, all right, uh, you know what? Let me think about it. So I took it. I just took a first class train to Spain, hung out there for like 10 days and then they called me up You know, I got called. I had this European phone and they were like, yeah, you, they want you to come back to America for an audition, like a producer session for a, particular product but we can't say I was like okay and I said well I'm not gonna come all the way back to America for a cattle call fuck that and then they go no it's not a cattle call it's an actual there's like three people on a list you and two other people and this is it I was like well fuck it let me I might have a chance you know and uh that's when I got on that show it factor on Bravo at the same time where they're following actors around the city, you know? Yeah. That was like the that was Bravo's first reality show before all these shows. And it wow. was called It Factor. They had Jeremy Renner on the, the LA version. Oh, Jeremy yeah. Renner who plays Hawkeye. Yeah, he was on the I was on the New York the New York episodes. I did the New York ones and then, you know, so yeah, man. And so uh while I was shooting that show, I got the I got the gig but we couldn't say who what it was, Still, oh, but I wow. actually got it. And it wasn't planned. It wasn't planned.
1: How did Orlando Jones, like, did he back out of it? Was he getting too big? He was in movies at that time and didn't I want to do it? No or was there contractual? I, don't,
2: I have no idea. All I know, I was called for it. I don't know what went down. I just, my agent called me to so audition. That's it.
0: Well, good news. I just sent Orlando Jones the Zoom link. Let's bring him on. <laughs> It's your life. (laughs) That's I I reunite
2: the 7-Up guys. (laughs) I've never met him before. Oh, really? No, never met him. I know we know kind of the same people. And, you know, he's a writer. That guy's been writing for a long time. Like, that guy, he's been writing for Mad TV. Matt, he's he's written a lot of shit. And um, I never met him. We know some same people, but... Never run into
0: him. Interesting.
2: I thought I would eventually like run into him. I never have though.
1: Now did, at the time, so you get this commercial, did you feel that, I mean, you're, you're probably what, about 10, 15 years in your comedy career at that point, right? No, I was about eight. Eight. So did about you. about eight fe- years was this like one of those things where you felt like you'd hoped it wasn't going to compromise? Like, did you feel like, Oh, I don't want to be the make seven up guy, you know, 20 years from now, where oh, people are like, no, Hey, I I'm that guy.
2: No, nah, I wanted to be part of American culture. Cause I, you grew up watching commercials and you want to be in them. Like when you're a kid, I would love to be in a honeycomb or Footloose commercial. Shit. I wanted, <laughs> I was like, I don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah,
0: man. Commercial money is money, dude. I didn't care, man. You no, know pl- I didn't care. What the girl who plays Flo in the progressive commercials is banking?
2: Yeah, she's gonna be Flo forever. <laughs> but that she's she's probably she's gonna put her kids in in college. You know that's great. But like, look at J.K. Simmons who won an Oscar for Whiplash. He's doing that. We are farmers, bump but but he's still killing the game and acting because he's a real actor. He's, he's also the yellow M and M. Wow that's oh, what's up man yeah that's big time money he's making money in commercials and he's an actor's actor so that's why no one can just say oh he's that guy and he's Jay Jonah Jameson and Spider-man and he's a real theater guy so that's like he's dope he's doing it really well I, and, then, I, and a lot of actors they, are doing commercials now anyway it used to be not it used to be separate it was just you know you had commercial actors and you had movie actors and TV actors now it's like Samuel Jackson. What's in your wallet? Yeah. And then then they
0: they used to have to go overseas to do commercials. So you have like Burt Reynolds, Coca-Cola commercials. George Clooney. Sinatra. They would would do Japanese commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now
2: the lines are blurred, man. Samuel Jackson does commercials. uh, Even Denzel does it for uh, the Boys Club of America.
1: One of my favorite career trajectories, uh, name drop. I happen to know the nephew of Jim Varney. (laughs) and Jim who Jim Varney the guy who played Ernest P. Worrell oh wow and all the Ernest movies so yeah and he was he was an actor he was on the Johnny Cash show he was on all those variety shows in the 70s my my
2: parents watched the Johnny Cash show John Denver show yep they watched the Smothers Brothers you watched um Sonny and um, Cher Rowan and Martin Sonny and Cher The Michael the Jacksons had a show Hudson Brothers had a show Godfrey, we had Barbara you- Mandrell and the Mandrell sisters. <laughs> we had the yeah. We, they, every forbid a lot of rock people. What did you did you watch Hee Haw?
0: Did you love Hee Haw? Yeah, my
2: parents watched Hee Haw. Of course, that's why I know all the country music. We had country music albums in our in our house. It- come on, we had Kenny Rogers, Everly Brothers, uh, Tommy Wynette, Loretta. Lynn. We had all the major people. Hey man, what's <laughs> going on? You good? <laughs> all right. <laughs> we have major, we have, yeah, That dude, I grew up, it's just, it's so funny when I talk to like white kids or whatever that are younger than me, and they go, how do you know that music? I go, it was born before you, motherfucker. What do you mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, you don't know classic rock before me, bitch. I was there first. <laughs> it's like, how, how does the black guy know rock music? Yeah, because we created it, stupid you know we were talking about flow
1: that that character was created for a product but she was an actress before that who was you know trying and breaking into that's, hollywood that's, anything that happens, can
2: that happens to all actors And You're just an actor
1: and, and, and the Ernest character was just, he was it was an ad agency that said, hey, we had a, a failing amusement park. Can you uh, be like an excited guest? And the, the commercials took off. All, you couldn't see a commercial in the 1980s that didn't have Ernest P. Worrell, all the way right, to Ernest right. Goes to Camp, Ernest Goes to Jail, all of that. Ernest Goes to Camp, and Goes to Jail, uh, yeah. Paul, like, he ends up becoming Jed Clampett in the Beverly Hillbillies movie, for God's sake, just wow. because he was Ernest for the last 13 years. But it's so funny when you see a career where he thinks his career is done, so now i have to do commercials but the commercials if anything propel him into more acting roles so yeah sometimes it's
2: weird sometimes it turns around like that you know you never know where something is gonna go there was that guy remember there was the guy who did the old spice commercial that black dude who talked like this well and the the muscular guy and now he played um, played
1: for the browns yeah now he's on
2: um like some cop shows he's uh, he's working but it's his Old Spice commercials He murdered that shit He was so funny in them Now they push him into Like series I see him in different shows I'm like damn So you never know How something's gonna happen For you You know nowadays Especially now Oh my god It's really wild now
1: no, What would so- you say If Chad goes on stage With a Make 7 Up Yours t-shirt
2: That would be hilarious <laughs> As long as I'm not The
0: fucking headliner <laughs> That's what we were talking beforehand. I thought it'd be funny—a funny gag. That would be so horrible. Would you punch me in the face like Pat
2: Dixon did to Gino? No, Gino got a nice. (laughs) Pat Dixon smashed him. I I was like, and he probably Gino would probably think, "Oh, you sent him to punch me in the jaw." I said, "I didn't send him to punch you in the jaw." (laughs) No, he.
0: I mean, he had a lot of people, you know, wanting to kick his ass. It's going to happen eventually.
2: Yeah, man. I'm glad. I'm glad a white guy did it. (laughs) (laughs) I like when white dudes beat up other white guys because it lets you know you really are a dick, man. You know, because sometimes white dudes will agree with white dudes because you're white. But I like when you guys go, I just don't like this dude. And you punch him in the
1: mouth. We we spent all this time white dudes. We spent all this like time talking about like. Godfrey wanting to kick uh, Gino's ass, but we didn't realize it was going to be Pat Dixon No, no, no. Did I
2: didn't say I wanted to. I said he deserves to oh. get his ass kicked <laughs> is what I said. I said he deserves to get his ass kicked. Gino is – listen, I'm not no bully. I don't do that shit. I don't go around. But I just said he deserves to get his ass whooped. I wanted him to hear that because he's just – he's been so nasty to people, you know? And then you're, you're, you're using the N-word here and there and other people that are white are not digging that. They're like, "Nah, I'm not down with that shit." And then when I see Gino, I'm nothing but nice to him when he's around all the other black comics, he's quite, he's all cool and then you're going n-word n-word and then go, "How come you ain't saying it to our face, bro? Since you about that racist shit, say it to our face and what and see how that works out for you." Yeah. You know, the you know what I mean, that's what I'm. I don't have a problem with the n-word. It's just say it to our face. So we'll see how it works out for you. Fuck all that hide and shit. Say that n word to our face, and then you'll see how it works out for you, partner. You know what I'm saying? Well, see, people wh- talk that shit in the corner. I don't have problem with racist people. Just say that shit to my motherfucking face, and well, then I, we'll see how it works out. Well, the last Fuck time we that.
0: last time we had you on the podcast, uh, this this kind of went viral. So <laughs> this might happen yeah, again. Good, good. <laughs> it's like anybody. It's like anybody. It's like when Tony
2: Hinchcliffe said that stuff about the Asian comic that 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 shit he did. I was like, I was uncalled for, bro. And you know me, like, like, hey, man, we talk, we do racial jokes. Me and you, Chad, we do racial jokes. But there's a way we do it. It's not coming from me. But the way Tony Hedgecliffe did it was so out of pocket. I was like, yo, ooh,
0: that was bad, man. Are you, it talking, was about, out of pocket. Are you talking about the comedy seller uh, now uh, uh, past regular Pang Dang? Yeah, Pang Dang. And it was just. <laughs> I know what he was tr- Tony was trying
2: to do, but it was ooh. Tony's not a great stand-up, so that's why I didn't go over that well. Like, if that was a Dave Attell, Dave would have said some real slick clever shit, and you'd have been like, oh, like like Dave used to do this. David Attell would do shit like this. Like when he would introduce Artie Fuqua, he would be like, Hey, everybody, give it up for Artie Fuqua, right after Moesha. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was the funniest. Yo, we would be dying laughing. Like, yo, did he just say right after Moisha? <laughs> that, now, that's that's clever. That's clever. That's like funny. He, you know, right after Moisha,
0: he, he has the best throwaway <laughs> lines. Like, sometimes he'll be he'll be killing, and the crowd's going nuts. He he'll go, "We'll be right back."
1: <laughs> that's a great thing to uh, freeze Godfrey on right there.
0: Yeah has got great teeth. <laughs> Yo, you, it's weird because you're
1: frozen
2: and your hand is on the mic like you're jerking off. Oh.
0: <laughs> I, I hold the microphone like a grudge. Let's move in again. Isn't that a great line? It's, it's,
2: I hold it's, the microphone like a grudge. What a simile.
0: Yeah.
2: What a fa- fabulous simile by Eric B. Rakim. I hold the microphone like a grudge. Man. You put the needle to the needle. Wow!
0: Oh, I think we're losing them. Is New there, York City might be me. I'm outside. It's all good, dude. We just want to outside.
2: say. Oh man! Patriot. You guys have your captain hats on, and then
0: we just bring up bullshit. It's fun. We're steering the ship. You know what I mean?
1: It's the ship. Can, can we're steering the I, ship. Can I ask? Can I ask one black guy question? Yeah, sure. It's, it's the old it's the old Chappelle show, Ask a Black Guy. Why do oh, that, black people, okay. are why are they still wearing masks right now? I just see, oh, just it's look. like they're, they're the only people right now I notice. Even the Asians have dropped the masks. I just see black people everywhere wearing masks now still.
2: Oh, they're just trying to look fresh. Oh, you mean <laughs> masks? Like what kind of masks? Like COVID. Like, the COVID mask. Like COVID. No, but I, there's a white man wearing masks right now. I see it. Oh. I don't know. They still probably think it's still around. They're just paranoid. <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, it's it's
1: just—it's one observation I look at. And I'm like, I—I I, I look around. And I'm like, wow. It's like all the white people were, were just decided a year ago, like, yeah, we're dropping the masks now. And black people are like, I don't trust you. No, no, no look, look,
2: look, look. There's white people wearing masks. Watch this. See that girl? Oh yeah. She got a mask. That's true. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's no, New York too. I, I think
2: well, white people weren't wearing masks during the COVID. So come on.
0: <laughs> well, I was in Florida. We we never even had masks. Yeah,
2: in the South, <laughs> they weren't wearing any masks. Nope, there were no masks to be the worn. <laughs> there were no masks to be worn at all. <laughs>
0: Dude, that was a fun conversation.
2: Now, that was a fun
0: conversation. Yeah, now, Go
2: ahead. Nowadays, now, you're just like, it's a nice day. It's such, man, the New York weather has been unbelievable the past week. Holy shit, it's so good. But you know, I used to look forward to like summer when it's warm. You go, all right, that means the ladies are around. But man, I don't do that shit anymore. I'm like, ooh, I'm scared. You're scared <laughs> you of you can't winning? even look. You can't. I don't look at them anymore. I'm. Oh, I tell you, I'm heterosexual asexual. Oh, so this is a big <laughs> announcement. A- yes, what are your pronouns? Heterosexual. Heterosexual. I'm H A. <laughs> heterosexual asexual man. Because, yeah, it's, like, too scary nowadays. Half these women look like they always look like someone's after them. They always look like someone's after them, right? You know, if if you walk behind them, they think you're after them. I go, no, bitch, I'm going to the train, too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, somebody's going to be behind you, you know what I mean? Somebody's going to be behind you. It's New York. There's a lot of people going in that direction. Fuck out of here.
0: We were just talking on the podcast earlier about I said my generation was the best because not only just it was great with females, but it was great with entertainment. There's a reason why Top Gun's the biggest movie. The reason why Cobra Kai, it's because yep. it's our era. Yep. But even the women were but, cooler back then. But here's the thing, too,
2: that our shit, the old school shit always wins. Spider-Man is from the 60s. Scooby-Doo is from the 60s. Snoopy is from the 70s. Old school shit wins. We always win. Top Gun is from the 80s. It's always the old, old school shit that wins. Anything Marvel, Avengers, DC, Batman comes from the 50s. So fuck your new school bullshit. You're doing nothing but remaking old school shit. Your cartoons can't fuck with us. None of that. All your shit is weird bullshit. And even The Simpsons is old school. Go suck one. Out of (laughs) here. well they Simpsons just... is old school dude like come on man all that stuff's old school stuff dude
0: yeah they just Rug released... rats all that shit's old school you can't fuck with our shit they just released the beavis and butthead movie out on Paramount plus yeah that's old school again like stop <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 yeah motherfucker that's ours you know what uh... i mean you can't fuck with our shit on no level well golden well... girls is old school and people still love that shit to the top you know what I mean? Fuck out of here.
0: One thing about Godfrey, I don't know if you know, he's he loves Sanford and Son. He's a big Whoa. Sanford and Son fan. Shoo!
2: I'm watching Good Times right now over again, <laughs> just to watch Jimmy Walker. How horrible he was! It was so bad. <laughs> was he bad? I don't remember. He was terrible. The, the, the goofy shit that he was doing, it was like it was like what the fuck are you doing? You know what I'm saying?
0: Did not David Letterman write for him?
1: What'd you say? Didn't yes. David David Letterman
0: he wrote? He did right. And him. Leno and Jack Handy, they all wrote for him. Mm-hmm. They wrote Jim, for J- Jimmy Walker. They, they all wrote for Jimmy Walker.
2: Yeah, they, uh, Letterman and uh, David Letterman and yeah and um, Jay Leno, they wrote and Byron Allen. Oh yeah. And Byron did it when he was like seven, sixteen, or
1: seventeen. That's incredible, dude. Talk heard, about yeah, yeah. Byron Allen. Yeah, I've known Byron for a long time. I heard an interesting Sanford and Son story. I, I'm not sure if it's true, but I, it sounds sounds pretty funny is that, of course, all those shows are Norman Lear shows and Fred Silverman, Norman Lear. So they were you know, socially conscious shows in the 70s, but they were created by Jewish people and they would have Jewish writers. And yeah, and they when, would write for black people, which was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so then, when Sanford and Son got so big, and of course Red Fox got that big, he wanted a lot of a lot of because he would bring a lot, of, you know, LaWanda Page and Stymie from, the, Page. from the Little Rascals, Slappy White. Mm-hmm. They were all a part of it, Slappy but he also White, wanted Bubba Bexley,
2: all those guys. Yeah,
1: he also wanted black writers, but there was I guess there was like a season where the where the ratings started really going down, mm-hmm. and yeah. apparently Red Fox came out and said. Bring me my Jew writers back. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but you could just see that Red Fox would say that.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. I, yeah, you could see him doing that. Because he, he um he was a very close friend with Pat Morita. Yes. Yeah, they were buddies because he oh uh, thanks, man. He helped him get his house. He helped him get his first house, uh, Red Fox. Because Pat and his girl that he was with needed money for a house like a down payment in Red. Like, it was so funny because he said, hey, Red, man, I need like, like $2,500. And Red was so loaded. He was like, oh, man, I ain't got that kind of change. Hold on. Let me go get my checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> let me go get, he said, I don't have that kind of change in my pocket. Let me go get my checkbook. And 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 Pat Marina goes, yo, yo, I, I got to, I'm going to pay you back. He says, the way I want you to pay me back is by doing it for someone else. That's and what he did. He, said, he, said, and he,
0: did. It he, he taught. He taught uh, Ralph Macchio karate. He paid it forward.
1: <laughs> you know. You know. Pat, you? Pat, Mor- Pat Morita go would ahead. be at the Hungry Eye back in the day, and he was. Go- he would go on stage. He was called the Hip Nip. Oh. Wow. Oh yeah. Oof. <laughs> it was true. Oof, that's corny. Woo. The Hip <laughs> Nip boy. God damn. And he, and he spoke better English than I did.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he would. He, was he would like do all the real... stereotypes. He was like a real hip dude, man. He was Achu on, I mean, which is another fucked up name. Achu and fucking on the set, on red on Sanford and Son. And Sanford and Son, of course, was a British show called Steptoe and Son in the 60s. Balston and the other guy. It was a British show, just like All in the Family was a British show till Death Do We Part. Three's Company was Man of the House. Um oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all British shows. Steptoe and Son. That's where they 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 redid it, you know what I mean? like it's like the the, the office was British first, you know.